Understanding the difference between conformity and originality. There are two types of fundamental aspects of the world that shape the lives of humans. These aspects are, conformity and originality. Conformity is when humans stick to the default way of doing things, fearing a paradigm shift because it has been the normal way. These kinds of humans never challenge the default programming because they are either ignorant or too scared to see beyond their horizon. Originality, on the other hand, deals with people who are willing to question the default and put life's programs through various deconstructions to see if there are better ways. These types of people are creatives and innovators. They take pride in not just learning more, but also experimenting with different ideas to create more solutions. When four students channeled their inner originality in the fall of 2008, they didn't know to which extent, but they were on course to change people's view of creativity and ideas. Having been victims of outrageous eyeglass prices, being neck deep in loans, and tired of complaining, they sought to create an innovation that would make it easy to purchase quality eyeglasses at lower prices. Then, a pair of eyeglasses had cost about $500, but these students were planning to create a platform where they could sell them online for $95 a pair. It seemed like a crazy idea, but these students were borrowing from the innovation of Zappos who had managed to create an online platform where people could buy shoes. At this point, these four students were trying to go against the norm. When they discussed the ideas with people, a lot of them disregarded the project and doomed it to fail, even the pioneers were not so sure it would succeed, but they went ahead with it regardless. Fast forward a few years later, and the company named Warby Parker grew up to be one of the best companies to ever come around, with an estimate of $1 billion in value. The ingredients of remarkable success are primarily dependent on originality. Originality doesn't necessarily come from extraordinary brilliance or intelligence. A large percentage of world innovators were not exceptionally brilliant when they were kids. Originality is a product of continuous thoughts, ideas, and practices that come in different dimensions. It starts with creativity that grows past illusion to become a reality. Many of the technological advancements that are present today were once ideas that might have seemed impossible to conformists, but achievable to people who were willing to give it a try. Here are some criteria you need in taking the giant leap from conformity to originality. Question the default to find more answers. Brilliance is different from creativity. Channel your creativity to come up with grand ideas. Take calculated risks. Understanding investors and knowing the best ideas. Not all ideas are going to boom into a successful innovation. The chances of a product getting massive success greatly leans on the side of the customers, the people who would end up using the products. Despite this, it is important to know that these ideas are worth trying, whether they end up being successful or not. All you need to do is take calculated risks and understand your stance on the whole project. Building Segway seemed to be the next big thing when Dean Kamen invented it. Such was the belief that Apple CEO, Steve Jobs, offered to buy 10% of the company for $63 million. Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, got involved, and John Doerr, the famous investor, poured a whopping $80 million into it. The product was billed to sell in profit of $1 billion within a short period, but six years later, they've barely sold 30,000 pieces for a product that went for around $5,000 to $8,000 each. Segway was a brilliant idea, but it was not the right idea. A lot of times, the problem is not in lack of ideas, it is in the selection of ideas. The selection of the best ideas requires a lot of commitment, learning, and belief. 
A significant way of differentiating between a great idea and a grand idea is through the opinion of investors. Seinfeld was doomed to fail right from the start because of the people brought to review it, they believed that it was a disaster. Unlike Segway, Seinfeld became a huge success, and it became America's top TV show. Segway was evaluated by the wrong people, Seinfeld was also assessed by the wrong people, but while Segway was projected to succeed, Seinfeld was doomed to fail. The problem was that Segway followed the opinion of people who had no in-depth knowledge about transportation and the cost of it on humans. They viewed it from the perspective of a mobile communications CEO, an online market CEO, and an investor's limited view. Same way Seinfeld was opinionated on by people who had no deep knowledge about comedy. Some of the avoidable mistakes inventors make while choosing the right ideas are. Stray away from overconfidence. Ensure you have lots of ideas. Try as much as possible to stay away from unnecessary comparison. Expand your knowledge beyond your field of study, interest. Place analysis above intuition when making judgments. Mastering the techniques of decision and negotiation can be the difference between a successful idea and a failed one. Making decisions most times tends to be very difficult to do, but they are not as difficult as trying to make people buy into the decision. Inventions are great, and ideas are important, but what about opinions and marketing? The key to understanding this lies in the deep knowledge of some powerful strategies that will be highlighted below. Power and status. Power deals with being able to assert authority and exercise control over others, while status is the level of influence that comes from respect and admiration. When you are powerful, you can control with force, but when you have status, you will control with ease. When you speak up to effect a change, project an idea, or take a stance, there's a huge chance that the feedback you would get would be based on your power or your status. If you're the type that people only answer to because of your influence through power, you'll encounter a shortage of objections and suggestions from people reporting to you. Carmen Medina had a grand idea that she felt would change the world of intelligence in the CIA. She believed that information could travel faster online, and intelligence information would end up being more protected online than offline. For the next few years, her idea was vehemently rejected across all boards because the CIA felt passing information online opened it to a security threat and made it very easy to hijack. Initially, Medina had maintained a position of power, trying to force people to see the ideology through her eyes. She didn't have enough status, and because she was also a woman, she found it very difficult to pass her message across. Instead of continued efforts to keep on forcing this idea, she sought to attain a status that would make her voice more resonant. After losing her job, she gained her way back into the CIA and rose to the post where she would be able to influence things due to her status. At this level, people were more willing to listen to her because she now had a status that commanded respect and admiration. This is known as the idiosyncrasy credits. Positive negativity. These are two conflicting worlds that have surprisingly worked. It is like taking the wrong step first, with the hope of making the right step. It is a strategy that uses negativity to push towards positivity with relative ease. Griscom had started Babel, a company that sought to counter false narratives about pre-, during-, and post-pregnancy for both genders. When Griscom wanted to raise funds for the project, instead of following the default way, he approached his presentation by starting with a slide that listed the top five reasons why his company should not be invested in. A crazy approach, but one that yielded positive results because a few years later, employing the same tactics, Griscom managed to sell Babbel to Disney for $40 million. 
This approach sells because of some hidden features that are lost to a lot of people. Griscom found out that starting with the negatives relaxed his potential investors who took their mind off tackling Griscom's project but instead set their mind on helping him solve the problems. It is a form of tactical empathy that takes the focus on negativity away because the person in context has already highlighted it. Unfamiliarity. Assuming that people like something or that they understand an invention is somewhat detrimental to the success of a project. Assumptions are needed at some points, but they should never cloud analysis and critical evaluation. Don't just assume that people know something or have in-depth knowledge about it. Overestimating your audience's intelligence can make your innovation fail terribly. Quitting or leaving. Quitting should be your last option when you're trying to create, invent, or take a stance. Taking a break or leaving for a while is advisable, but even though quitting seems to be the easiest way out, it only takes you back to square one or zero. Many great leaders and inventors all have failure stories that they won't share. They've all reached a point where they would contemplate quitting or taking an exit, but with the belief in their project, and the help they received from other people, they have forged ahead with confidence. Timing, strategy, and coalition form the basis on which great innovations are built. The fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Tilda Mark Twain. The importance of timing, strategy, and coalition cannot be stressed enough, they are the principal foundation on which successful innovations are built. Timing is essential when it comes to starting an innovation. About projects and innovations, there are two types of people, pioneers and settlers. Pioneers are those who are the first to invent or create. They are the face and reference point for the development of certain things. Settlers, on the other hand, are those who study the inventions of the pioneers and make a more advanced version of it that works better. While it is generally believed that it's advisable to be the first to venture into a project or bring into fruition an innovation, research has shown that starting first has more disadvantages than advantages. Some of the problems associated with starting first are, 1. You tend to rush your project into completion because you want to take a monopoly and ward off prospective competitors. Two. There are no experiences to draw from. 3. Making mistakes can be deadly, especially when your competitors learn from the mistakes to improve their markets. This is not to say you can't be a pioneer. There are several successful pioneers across various fields, but the chances of having more success as a settler are bigger. This approach is further bolstered by the fact that, to a large extent, procrastination is good. Procrastination, to a lot of people, is a bad trait to have. Almost everyone would prefer a project done on time or even before rather than leaving it for later. In this context, though, procrastination is good for the creative mind because it allows the mind to think more and expand on already laid down plans. Take, for example, the famous Martin Luther King Jr. speech. Not many people know, but the speech wasn't drafted until midnight of D-Day. In so delaying, King found a way to choose his words carefully and deliver one of the greatest speeches known to man. His famous, I have a dream, part was not even included in the first speech, it was thrown to him right on stage by his favorite gospel singer Mahalia Jackson. It was right there, she told him, tell him about the dream, Martin. Knowing when to procrastinate and how to maximize it is essential effectively. Outright procrastination does no good, and it is only advisable to procrastinate when you're on a journey to discovering the best outcome for a project. To also effectively execute a project or an idea, you must step away from the conceptual point of view and align more with the experimental point of view. 
Conceptual creators have a huge risk of being orthodox in their execution. They tend to copy themselves a lot and are very prone to mistakes. Experimental innovators, on the other hand, take a path that is slow and risky to achieve their results. Experimental people keep on trying various ways, means, and methods to find something new or more advanced than the already laid down one. If you're willing to make a very significant difference, immerse yourself in the experimental process as much as possible, and be wary of the type of coalition you get into. The coalition is an excellent way of amplifying your stance and unifying a cause. Grand coalitions have seen massive results, and business and ideas stand better chances of success when the right coalition is made, but how do you know the right coalition to form? Forming a coalition requires observation, carefulness, and extreme focus. Like Lucy Stone, a popular women's rights and suffrage activists learned, coalitions can make or break your cause with alarming effect. When Lucy teamed up with fellow women rights activists, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, their movement gained more power as they all advocated for women's right to vote, but when they parted ways due to irreconcilable differences, their campaign suffered a great deal. To form coalitions, some factors have to be put into consideration. Some of these factors are, small differences in beliefs and views. Different temperament toward a particular cause. Turning enemies to friends and finding common ground with an antagonist. Understanding the concept that familiarity limits innovation. Family backgrounds and nurturing originality in the workplace. Family background and parental upbringing play a huge role in the development of originality in a child. Firstborns are seen as more conservative in approach than latterborns who tend to take more risks. Latterborns are somewhat reckless in their approach, and this too has its advantages and disadvantages. By fine-tuning the level of discipline and high-handedness parents influence their children with, these children can be groomed to abstain from conformity and embrace originality. Teaching children the benefits of originality would go a long way in pointing them towards the right direction. Birth order, a concept that tends to evaluate the characteristics of humans through their position in the family, has emphasized a point, that risk-taking tends to come from latterborns. This evaluation stems from parental upbringing and societal norms. Teaching children the importance of rules through the appraisal of value is one of the ways to immerse a child in originality. When you give value to a child through his behavior, and are careful enough to balance your temperament towards the child's emotions, you are reinforcing an originality value that makes the child easily understand your rules. It means you are choosing value over rules. Also, introduce your children to role models and experiences so they can draw knowledge from them. This gives them an exposure to a world outside their limited scope. They go on to think outside the box, create ideas, and look for ways to implement them. Associate them with good characters by reinforcing good behaviors in them. Let them know the extent to which experiments are allowed, where to put a stop, and how to overcome barriers. The lessons they learn at a tender age go on to influence a lot of their decisions at their workplaces. In workplaces, there are groupthink, a group of people whose decision-making is mostly in unison towards an agreement. These set of people follow the majority, thereby shutting out the options of diversity. Groupthink is one of the biggest adversaries that could happen to any work. Edwin Land suffered from groupthink with his invention of Polaroid. Having initially garnered accolades and appraisal for pioneering the evolution of the instant camera, Edwin had been subjected to thinking that people would prefer hard prints of photos. This assumption came as a result of the majority of his board's approval of it. 
While land held on to this assumption, other competitors met the people's demand and forced land out of his own company. Belonging to a class of groupthink is not entirely ideal for any business. This class of people tends to be too personally inclined toward each other, hence, making it very difficult to oppose a view or maintain a stance. To avoid this, you need to build around yourself a group of people who are willing to express diversity and propose creativity. Also, create an enabling environment for the implementation of ideas and build on channels that would generate feedback from various perspectives. Don't expect solutions at all times because this sets you away from finding the problems plaguing your innovation. Rank your alternatives in an orderly manner and tackle them with your team one at a time. This creates a relaxed atmosphere, and it generates a sense of belief in your workers that their opinions do count in decision-making processes. Great originals experience challenges and downtimes but they surmount them by taking strategic steps. Anger is a valid emotion. It's only bad when it takes control and makes you do things you don't want to do. Tilda Ellen Hopkins, Fallout. Setbacks, failures, and opposition occur in various aspects of life, and originality is not exempted. There would always come a time where everything seems like a mistake right from time. These are moments when your anger and emotions threaten to get the best of you. Giving these feelings a hold of you is very risky, there's a chance you'll spoil everything while accomplishing nothing at all. Great originals experience these objections, but they can overcome them by taking some strategic steps that would be useful for you. Here are some of these strategies. Pessimism and optimism. To manage stress, anger, fear, and uncertainty, there are two ways in which people find a way around them strategic optimism and defensive pessimism. Strategic optimism teaches you to accept a belief that things would work out well, and you'll acquire your desired results while defensive pessimism showcases the worst possible scenarios in a detailed presentation. Defensive pessimism is the advisable approach to taking control of your emotions. In the process of detailing the negatives, you are examining everything that could go wrong, and this, in turn, prepares your mind for anything. In so doing, you have taken control of the emotional situation, and through this, it is easier to find problems and fix them rather than hoping everything would work out well. It is important to know that your choice of either pessimism or optimism depends on your commitment to an idea. If your commitment is weak, it is advisable to be optimistic, but if it is strong, then defensive pessimism is the best approach. Label your emotions. Learn to label your feelings in a way that it can only push you forward instead of dragging you backward. Observe your assertiveness and pay attention to numbers. Working alone can be inspiring, but it works better when you work with people, especially on an innovative project. No one knows it all, and there's never too much knowledge. Allow people to have a say in your ideas and make them feel comfortable with your opinion even if controversial. Don't assert your authority over them to ignite conflicts. Invite your audience for feedback. Employing some of your project users or testers also works wonders. These people have felt your product, and they are within every right to make a judgment on it. When you allow a user to work on your product, they know where there is a deficiency, and with their own experience, they can tell you what more needs to be added. Dote on the implications rather than the gain. This tactic helps in development and marketing. It is when you sell your idea by letting people know what they stand to lose if they don't buy into it than what they stand to gain if they buy into it. For example, to create awareness about climate change, don't tell people about the benefits of sustainable energy, instead, let them know the disaster that's bound to happen with the loss of lives and properties. Distract your anger. 
When you're feeling outraged and dissatisfied, trick your anger by venting it out in flowing emotions. Take a stroll, punch a bad, or listen to music. Allow your anger to leave your body without causing damaging effects. Flaring and damaging would only lead to more damage. Conclusion Great things take great sacrifices, and great sacrifices take significant commitment. To become an original is by no means child's play, but with the right guidelines and patterns, it is easy to navigate. The world needs more innovations and ideas every day, and with the speed at which technology, art, and science are evolving, it is necessary to start believing in you to be one of the people in this world who will stand for a change and project ideas that would shape the world. Try this, believe in yourself that you can be an original, channel all your energy into discovering your true self, and experiment with various ideas as they come to your head.